0: and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our least favorite properties and reboots them because Hollywood's going to do it wrong. <laughs> it's a little bit like making the fan fiction real? Question <laughs> mark? <laughs> I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And joining us from across the pond, uh, tip top cheerio. Oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes they talk about Pokemon, but today, like Degrassi, to they will be burning down an entire school. <laughs>
1: It's JD and Alex. Oh, uh, hey there. What? Tanner's <laughs> <laughs> gonna do that bad English accent. I'll do a bad Canadian accent. That is
2: so jarring for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do any accent.
0: Oh. oh how are you now? Peter Twitter. Let's get out
3: of here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm Alex. I use she/her pronouns.
1: JD, he/him.
2: I'm American.
1: I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) The two genders! (laughs) The two genders. Uh, Of course, there are only two genders. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Uh. At least we can joke about it. Right? Right? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. We're here to, uh, to, to sort out the... (laughs) Giant. <laughs>
2: We're sorting it out.
1: Well, the giant festering turd that has become <laughs> the Harry Potter franchise. Yup. <sighs> like, so many people, like, a lot of people in recent times have kind of taken this idea that, like, ugh, liking Harry Potter isn't a personality trait. And they're not wrong. But also, hating Harry Potter isn't a personality trait. The idea that, like, because we've realized that there are problems in it, and J.K. Rowling in particular is a terrible person, that there is no value in the Harry Potter books, is... I, I can't get behind that. Like, we fell in love with the books 20 years ago for a reason. People love these books and got into reading because of them, because there is good in them.
2: And they... Well, for... Like, they're, they're, you can't take away the fact that they had such a huge impact no. on so many people's lives, and it saddens me that all of that has been tinged yeah. and tainted. Um, yeah. It, and yeah. It is... Yeah.
0: It, it, it is this a weird kind of superiority that some people have mm-hmm. that are like, well, I never actually yeah. read the Harry Potter book, so uh, clearly I'm better. It's like, okay, just... just...
3: It's like, no, calm yeah. down. You did. Own it. Yes. <laughs> now let's start criticizing it.
0: Or, or or maybe they didn't, but like, just, just because you happen to, like, fall into a different book series doesn't make you inherently yeah. better. Yeah. And depending on the book series, hey, your author might be just as bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, like, part of the reason why so many like major book series can be as successful as they are these days is because this series paved the way for them.
2: It did set, like, a precedent that had not been set before. Yeah. Like, it did something that a book series had never done before. It was bigger than anything else had been. It
0: did walk, so a lot of other uh, YA literature, actually the entire YA literature genre, yeah. could yeah. run. Uh, and but now that that genre is running, it is proceeding to now walk backwards. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I also want to say that Harry Potter's popularity did get a lot of help from Warner Bros., honestly.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, but all the-
3: because they couldn't get a Superman film off the ground in the 90s.
1: <laughs> uh when when well when could they get a Superman film off the ground? Have they done that yet? Oops.
4: Oh, they <laughs> They almost had it
3: with Henry Cavill, but they hired the wrong director.
1: What if we have Superman snap a guy's neck and scream out for his <laughs> He mother? has to
3: learn the the
2: lesson that
3: killing is bad.
2: Does that happen in I, I have not watched a Superman movie in
1: Oh, me neither. I've seen that movie. <laughs> but I know about that scene because it's so iconically absurd. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah. yep. Yeah, my
3: only Superman so far will be uh, Christopher Reeve until someone can don the blue tights again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked, um, what was it, Dean, what's his face in the 90s in the... Oh, lo-
3: Tyler Hoechlin. Who? Tyler Hoechlin. No, Dean... K- Wait.
1: D- Tyler Hecklin is the current one. Dean Cain is the Dean one Kane, from Lois yes. and Clark. Oh, yeah. The new adventure of lo- Lois and Clark. It's just a shame that Dean Kane also turned out to be a shitty person. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of pe- Turns out many people are shit.
4: Whoa. Uh...
1: <laughs> so, anyway. Let's sort out Harry. Let's reboot Harry Potter and filter out the shit. Save what is good and enhance the good. Right? That's what we want to do? Yes. yes. So. First point. Can I, bef- before you guys go, Sorry. can I just
0: say one thing on Harry Potter? Or another Please. thing. Two things on Harry Potter, actually. Um, one about Harry Potter, one about the concept of Harry Potter.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Um, so one of them was that, like, when, when the most recent, because we've, we've actually known that JK was bad for several years yes. now, but it seemed to definitely come to a head last year. Yeah. Um, but one of the takes was that, not only, like, c- correct take, you should not engage with the franchise itself monetarily. Good, yes, correct, don't do that ever um but there is like another take attached to that which was like don't engage with the fandom at all either and that one i i didn't quite get because it assumes that if a person sees a good Harry Potter fanfiction they will assume that Harry Potter is also good and i don't think like maybe a fanfic could have gotten someone into a series a decade ago but it sure as shit doesn't work like that yeah, now yeah
1: no but like, like the I, yeah the Harry Potter fandom in particular is Kind of a standout among fandoms, like
2: on average, it is so much better. So than... much
1: good has been de- caused by yeah. the Harry Potter fandom, like the the Harry Potter Alliance back in the day raised money for, to send four planes with supplies to Haiti.
2: I ran a chapter of the HBA in college. Like, yeah, we did book. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, like book.
1: Uh... Book readings, book clubs,
2: book book drive book drive thank you (laughs) we did book drives and bake sales and we did like all kinds of like trivia nights and things to like for good causes
1: harry potter fans broadly are good and disgusted by yeah what has happened i mean
4: yeah still
1: active (laughs) and harry potter fans
4: yeah
0: yeah good there's a good chunk of Harry Potter fans that when they say death of the author, uh, when they say death of the author, they mean we would like her to die.
2: Ooh, we're losing you a little bit.
3: I think the big thing is that the Harry Potter fandom, and I don't know if Rowling meant to cultivate the sort of fandom, but she did cultivate a very left-leaning fandom. Yeah,
1: yeah, fandom. Well, that's partly because the messages of the books are so tolerant and left-leaning. <laughs> well, they claim she- to be. <laughs> well, yeah. th- the.
4: The
0: surface. surface level, yeah. Because here's here's the other thing I wanted to say before I give mm. the reins to you guys is that sure. one thing I realized looking back on Harry Potter just this morning actually was that there are a lot of situations where a there's there's a character who is an in-universe marginalized group like Hagrid being half giant or Hermione being Muggle born that kind of stuff. There's a lot of situations mm. where they're suspected of something. And the solution to that was that they shouldn't have been so suspicious.
1: Hmm. So who shouldn't have been? The, oh, the, the, cow- the
0: person who was part of the marginalized
1: group. They shouldn't have acted in this, or been... Yeah, okay. Yeah.
4: Hmm. <laughs> like... No, yes. like, <laughs> like a- how do how like, do
2: I say, like, yes, I completely agree. There <laughs> is
1: some seriously, deeply problematic shit in there. And we're going to get into yeah. a lot of that, probably not all of it in this.
2: Yeah, there's so many aspects where it's like, on the surface, it's like, oh, yeah, this is fine. But then if you look at it just, just a little bit further, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not such a great thing that Harry is just inherently rich. And, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. maybe that's not great.
1: When I say that, like, the messages that it puts out are, in, are left-leaning, I mean things like what they actually say. Not necessarily what, what, not what they show, but what they say. They're telling us uh, being nice, good, and helping others, good, and, y- you know? Yeah,
0: we, when we read them, we took <laughs> them at face value. And yes. b- by the time that any of
1: us knew reading comprehension,
4: yeah, yeah. we had as, already as been accidentally
0: radicalized.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. in the early days when people were starting to realise some of the problems in there, at first we were like, well, but J.K. Rowling and the books have done so much good, so I'm sure it wasn't meant that way or anything. Uh,
4: <sighs> there
2: were a lot of excuses made.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: No more. No more no.
1: excuses. <laughs> so to reboot Harry Potter, step one, obviously this cannot go ahead while, and, like, what I've written, she who must not be named... Is still involved in any small way? No royalties, yes. no involvement, nothing. Maybe it can't. Maybe this reboot couldn't happen until it's public domain. Do you know yeah. that Warner Brothers is yeah. trying to reboot it though for HBO Max? Yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> they floated the
2: idea. We'll see if
1: um... yes. Yeah, it hasn't that...
2: been confirmed or anything.
1: Lindsay, yeah, didn't but... you have a theory
0: that like someone accidentally posted that announcement like a day or two early? Yeah,
3: because like. Um, they said it was in development, but then Warner Bros. and HBO were like, no, we have nothing at all set in stone, which means like they might have been talking about it. There might actually be negotiations going on, but because of NDAs and contracts and all that, someone might have jumped the gun, either been too excited or wanted to out it. And uh, now there's probably a couple people fired for breaking NDAs.
2: <laughs> either that or they were trying to sort of uh, test the waters and see what the reaction to that kind of thing would be before they yeah. get too deep into it. that That's my theory. Yeah,
3: because with now that we've seen with the um, stuff about the RPG that's coming out mm. and there was that leak about having a transgender option. Yeah. Um, And then the studios being like, no, JK Rowling doesn't have anything to do with this and also we're distancing ourselves with the lead developer. Um, I'm thinking it was a ploy to keep that option in that game mm. so that when it came out if it was not there there would be a lot of people asking questions
1: yeah
2: sure yeah yeah
1: I think it's telling that there, that there is any kind of like specific mention of there being a transgender option though Like clearly they know this matters to a large portion of Harry Potter fans
2: it's a shame she still gets money from it yeah well, Deep
1: sigh. <laughs> Even if she doesn't
3: To be fair, need it. we don't know what the nature of the contract was. She either got a lump sum at the beginning or, she, honestly, more than likely she's going to get royalties. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> like, in in this case of the reboot, I am fine with just giving her a lump sum of money to go away. <laughs> <laughs> or just was- straight up a castle.
4: Yeah, Here's think-
3: your castle in France. Please stay out of this. It has no Wi-Fi.
1: But- <laughs> there was a mention on a recent episode of... Um- of Pottercast, where they're saying just like, "Can we just buy out J.K. Rowling? Can we just buy her out so she has no sale rights in any of this anymore? So we could just enjoy this.
2: What was that that meme about like $800 buy my silence permanently? <laughs> yeah, is for $8,000 I will <laughs> stop. <laughs> can we just have her stop? <sighs>
3: Uh, Yeah, like I've said to Tanner that in non certain terms, if I got famous for writing a book, I would pull a Greta Garbo and disappear, basically. (laughs) Just live off the royalties and collect art.
0: See, you think of Greta Garbo, I just think of the gay best friend from Bridget Jones' diary.
3: Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, in this fantasy where we manage to pay off J.K. Rowling, or she is thoroughly in the ground, and (laughs) the rights have reverted to uh, the public domain. Because we got a handle on the on the uh, copyright laws, yeah, not so insane.
1: Plausible.
2: This is this is all (laughs) theoretical, of course. In and in in this theoretical (laughs) existence of this reboot, she just doesn't exist. It's fine. Um, (laughs) So we're thinking the like the most interesting way to do this would be to have it be uh, sort of a long running animated series. Mm um because that way you don't have to deal with characters aging out of their roles mm. yeah and then you get to have a more sort of tangible visible magical element yeah that's much easier to do in an animated medium like
1: pr- prisoner of azkaban i think I think is the film that m- best tried to convey the magic in that sense where you've got little bits going on all around at all times yeah.
2: prisoner of azkaban is my favorite yeah. i know it's like one of it's not the most accurate, but it is my favorite <laughs> Harry Potter movie. Um, we were thinking, as far as style-wise, kind of inspired by that animated bit in Deathly Hollows, The Tale of Three Brothers. Like, super stylized, kind of, like, wonky. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to, like, give it, like, some very distinct visual interest and keep it very, very whimsical and magical and sort of set in an unreality. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And a unique feel, set apart from any other adaptations of Harry Potter from before, whatever they might be.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very unique and very like striking. Okay, we uh. have we have a, a document that we're we're <laughs> yeah. referencing. Also, we've got notes. We're so, we're exchange- We're going back and forth.
1: <laughs> so, fat shaming out. Yes. Characters <laughs> are only ever described as fat negatively. You've got the Durzies who are just pure evil. Neville and the fat lady who are laughable. Molly is just a housewife mm. Ugh. Dudley and Vernon You can keep them being Like larger people Like they're clearly Dahl-esque caricatures of actual people They can still be that And like they've got contrast there Between Petunia as well Who's like you know Deliberately very tall and thin It's like almost like
2: it's It's intentional
1: Yes but they're not evil because of their size, and their size is never a point of ridicule. There's a line in *Philosopher's Stone* where Harry says Dudley's like a pig in a wig. No, yeah. Harry would it, it, no, no,
2: none of that. None of it. Just none. Uh, the uh, a wonderful, beautiful thing about animation is that you can get like very diverse character models. Yes, like, they can all look very distinct mm-hmm. and different, and you can do that in a way that's not yeah. terrible.
1: Many other characters will be portrayed with a variety of body shapes, including heroic characters like it, Neville. When even when he has his badass turn, is still clearly like chubby. Yeah. When he's cutting off Nagini's head or whatever,
2: give me chubby Neville
1: <laughs> as a hero, <laughs> not just a joke.
2: Neville's my favorite character. He's a good boy. I am Neville. <laughs> I too am chubby and love plants. <laughs> 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 it's kind of unfortunate that like he starts being a more valuable character when he becomes conventionally attractive. Yeah, yeah. a little, a little <laughs> bit yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, like I do appreciate the the efforts to sort of keep him.
1: I mean, he does not... he does slay that snake while wearing a cardigan.
2: Which, hell yeah. (laughs) Again, very me. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this is intended to be a very long sort of running series with lots of kind of what could be considered filler episodes. We're going to take time to learn about the characters. We're going to take time to see all of the story and, like, little slice of life bits and, like, have them actually learning magic in, you know, this this series about going to a magical school. Because even <laughs> in the books, you don't get a lot of that. No,
1: We usually, ah, yes, we'll have one class with the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and maybe one another class just for a treat.
2: Is it the first movie where Harry doesn't cast a single spell? Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, if you if you watch the first Harry Potter movie, yeah. Harry doesn't cast a single spell. Not once. <laughs> Uh, Hermione
1: does all of it Yeah Well <laughs> Ron does get that one moment Ron
2: has one Of
1: course
3: <laughs> And I just want to say something about the faculty um, Could we actually get like a Good history of magic teacher So that we can do some expanded <laughs> world building Because per- Professor yeah. Binns was Yeah Why why do you even bother to create a magical world that is semi-separate from the <laughs> regular world and not teach us a single thing about the yeah. past? The I sense, like the concept
0: Pizza of is such a Professor cool, Dins. Interesting
2: character.
3: Whoops. Yeah, yeah I yes, we saying a the same thing.
2: Teacher, I like, love the ghost. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so great. But the execution was so fucking god. Like, have it be, because, um, like, the, the, the story is that he, he died teaching, like, you know, sitting in his office or whatever, yeah, and just, and he just got up going. and kept going. Have it be, instead of he's so ingrained in that routine, have it be because he's so passionate about his subject. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he keeps teaching. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Make him like a, like a Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society, jumping on the desks. And, <laughs> yeah. like, he's acting out the scenes
2: yeah. as they happen. Yeah, I absolutely well, I'm going to jump
1: ahead in my notes a bit then to point out, like, we've got one, we only had one real note in here about the teachers. And that's just to say that teachers can still occasionally be kind of shitty. Like, Snape, you're towing him down big time to at least make his shittiness broader and less targeted. But just, like, play up how darlesque they are. Like, like, when you've got a bad teacher, like you've got Lockhart or Umbridge, yeah. play, up, play that up in a big way.
2: A lot of those serve really important plot functions as well. Um, so, you have to keep some of that? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, Bins have them be C- actual teachers! <laughs> Professor Baines clearly doesn't serve any plot function because he was cut from the films entirely.
4: Because well, <laughs> he was, I was so co-
1: deliberately yeah. boring!
0: Baines could easily be the person that they go to to find out about the Chamber of Secrets and a whole they other do. bunch of stuff.
1: In the book, it is Professor Binns who tells him about the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, mm-hmm. then
0: that, listen, I, I, I've seen the movies more recently than the books, although that yeah, would be no, like yeah, of course. That's fair, that's 10, fair. 10 years yeah, versus absolutely. 15
1: years. Yeah. Absolutely, that's
2: the kind of thing that's but, easy to forget. But
1: like, You're pointing that out because yeah. obviously that makes sense. You go to the History of Magic teacher to learn about the history of magic.
2: But unfortunately,
3: he's more boring than that economics teacher from <laughs> um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, I just remembered when me and my parents were driving to go see the fifth movie while I was reading the last book, and we pulled up to a stoplight, and I casually turned to look out the window, and there was a girl in the car beside me who was also reading the last book, and then she looked up, <laughs> and we both held up our books, and we were like,
4: ah! Aww.
1: Well, that's just it, right? That's
2: that's the magic of Harry Potter! <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's, like, that's
2: those things, yeah. like, those those things that, like, all of those memories are now kind of, like, tainted. But, like, I have yeah. so much of that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely.
1: I remember going to the midnight release for the last book with my friends, and, like, I, I stayed up all night reading it. I, mm-hmm. I took that book home, and I literally did not put it down until I'd finished that entire thing. Mm-hmm. 17 hours later.
3: Ugh. My mom used to read those books to my brother and I on our very long uh, road trips from BC to Manitoba and back, and it <laughs> it made the mountains a little less scary. <laughs> 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 they were still building the Kokahala. Co- I've got to not say, a
1: time. as a kid, my mom got me the first book from the library to try out, and I tried reading that first chapter and could not get past those first few pages because they were so tedious. <laughs> just one of the best choices the film's made was to f- cut out most of that first chapter and start with the exciting part of the wizard showing up.
4: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, it's funny you say that you couldn't get into the first chapter because when I started reading them, my grandma was reading the, the first book and she like got through the first chapter and then after that she was going to start the second chapter and I said, actually, Nanny, I can do this myself. Thank you. <laughs> because I wasn't big into reading Until I started reading the Harry Potter thing And I, I thought another enough. thing That helped the Harry Potter books take off Is that they did create that community Like, Absolutely. I mean, I'm yes. probably wrong But I didn't hear a lot of people Forming big friend groups because they really related To the outsiders, they probably did But that was like <laughs> in high school when they all realized they were gay Um, but with Harry Potter <laughs> You had a Har- If you were into Harry Potter fandom, you had a Harry Potter Friend
1: group from a very young age Hey, yeah. uh- Alex and I yeah. like met across the internet. Both of our journeys started because of Harry Potter. We wouldn't have met each other and been married now if not for Harry Potter.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was once on a Harry Potter themed collab YouTube vlog channel.
1: With 11 other people, was it? Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, that's how I started making YouTube videos.
1: <laughs> and I started because I found out about Wizard Rock.
2: <laughs> that's also where i started actually before yeah. that i found wizard rock and i, yeah. I found the blog brothers and then i went on yeah. the ning and then yeah remember the ning um sorry this is the tangent yeah. the internet is a weird place <laughs>
1: uh, it's like it's anyway, like clicking onto tv tropes or wikipedia
3: i mean i would have never have gone on to like fan fiction dot net if it weren't for harry potter so yeah yeah,
1: yeah
0: I, I just want to say this is a very tangible thing but me and Lindsay <laughs> wouldn't be friends without the bad website because we were both fans of matthew buck aka film brain who is a real yeah. life friend of
1: jd's yeah i lived with him mm-hmm. for a year
4: yeah nice
1: ah, right back into the back into the harry potter <laughs> So, we're not going to be just following Harry's perspective. We'll shift between characters. Harry, being an unreliable narrator, coupled with him being raised not to ask questions by the Dursleys, is used to justify many sins, such as a lack of diversity. Oh, it it just wasn't relevant to Harry's journey that Dumbledore was gay.
2: Yeah, he just didn't notice that Hermione was black. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't think about it, because he's dumb.
1: It wasn't relevant to his own journey that he was clearly bi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Well,
0: oh, there, there uh, should be a line where Harry's like, "I don't see color," and everyone thinks it's a race thing, but no, he just has a red-green color blind. <laughs> color blind. Oh, that's that, that's fascinating I literally didn't know that they were Slytherins.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating <laughs> because of how much dichotomy between red and green there is. Yeah. There's Hufflepuff. There's Gryffindor and Slytherin. There's Harry and Voldemort's eyes. There's a lo- Um, there's. Expelliarmus versus Avada Kedavra. There's yeah, so much the, to that. The
2: the thing where the spells mean.
1: Oh. Priori in <laughs> That's yep.
2: I couldn't think of the name. He's,
3: oh. he's going to be like that one uh, Power Rangers Red Ranger who was Red Green Tommy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I didn't know like about Tommy. <laughs>
4: My
2: brother's Red. Oh
0: colorblind. no. Oh okay. Yeah. No, I was. Think- you're right. I'm, I'm it wasn't Tommy. It was Bren Mahia who played Tyler in Dio yeah. Charge as red-green colorblind. That's why I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't come up when you came onto Sorted. Ty- t- t- Tyler was red-green colorblind. Tommy was red-green all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, except for when he was in black and white.
2: You've lost me. Um...
0: <laughs> Fucking Tommy's probably gonna show up in Dino Fury as the brown ranger. <laughs> uh...
2: <laughs> There's a brown ranger? That's There's a, a, a brown color. ranger, he's an old man. <laughs> Why does it always come back to Tower Rangers?
1: <laughs> you can never escape. <laughs> unless you talk about this.
2: Okay, okay. JD's pointing me at the next bullet point. Can I say something about um, Slytherins? <laughs> <Please>? Yes.
1: <yeah. laughs> they shouldn't all be, like, neo Nazis in training. <laughs> Absolutely not.
3: Yes. Yes. We're going to give nuance to this house. Yes.
1: yes. I liked the addition of Slughorn to the series because he's not the best person, but he is well-meaning and nice in general. He like he's cut like you know he's an old man so he makes some judgments about people. He's
2: stuck in his ways. Yes,
1: but he never means anything ill by it when he does that. Mm. That yeah, there can definitely be more of that. Early on and with the kids. Well, like we
2: said, like this would be sort of like a long running animated series with like a lot of character oriented sort of side stories yeah. and it's kind of fiddler type stuff to explore the world. And a lot of that I I I think including stories from the Slytherin perspective and getting to meet characters that we hadn't mm. known before, like, introducing new characters to explore the fact that, you know, it's not good, bad, we get more of a, a range there.
1: It's not just good, bad, smart, or
0: Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, you could easily have Death Eaters coming out of every house.
4: Mm. Yes. Well, that's the Slytherin thing. Has-, has
0: the obsession with Purit, or, okay, not Slytherin itself, but there's a lot of Slytherin families that looked at yes. ambition and said, "Ah, so clearly this means blood purity." Um, yeah,
1: and like it's not that Slytherin means you're evil; it's that evil people like Slytherin and like some of the ideas of it. Yeah, yeah. But then you've also got
0: Gryffindor, who they yeah. always see themselves as the hero. Hmm. Yeah. You've got you've got Hufflepuff loyalty, so they just mm-hmm. like they're gonna go along with the crowd, even if the crowd is clearly evil, and Ravenclaw,
1: that's just Richard Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and well, uh, Lockhart was a was a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Which is Yeah.
2: But weird. he wasn't a
1: Death Eater, Great. he was just an idiot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sure. It's
1: fascinating as well that he's Har- good
3: at one thing and <laughs> one thing only. It's
1: absolutely fascinating that Hagrid tells Harry in the first book that not a witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. Because one, there are witches and wizards who never went to Hogwarts, like say Grindelwald, that we learn about in that book, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like there's well Peter Pettigrew, we didn't know at that point was evil, but it Hagrid was, it
2: was presumed serious black, which was Hag- a super Gryffindor, yes,
1: and Hagrid knew that. Hagrid rants about that later on. So why is he saying that all Slytherins... Hmm.
2: The author forgot. Well, he was screwed
1: over by that one Slytherin. Yeah. But, but also, somehow, he knew that that Slytherin was Voldemort, though.
4: Hmm.
1: Like, many people were aware of that. I mean, friggin' Ollivander knew that Tom Riddle became Voldemort because he remembered the wand that he sold to Voldemort.
2: Hmm. Was that not common knowledge who he was?
1: No, it's supposed to be a big secret deal. No oh. one's supposed to know his real name.
2: But like everyone does though. I know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hadn't realized it's just so casual. That's
1: why it's supposed to be a big Well, that's why they still... I guess we
2: find out in the second book so Yeah, the majority of the series, you know.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, but the everyone's been sworn to secrecy, so naturally everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the, that's the reason why Tom Riddle still has a an award for services to the school, and they never realised at any point that, huh, maybe Lord Voldemort is actually the heir of Slytherin, who was trying to kill Muggleborns.
2: Well, Dumbledore knew. Yeah, why didn't Dumbledore like remove that trophy? Dumbledore, what the
0: fuck? You know, you know, we could have some applicability where it is common knowledge that Tom Riddle is Voldemort, but he does still have the award, and people are like, "Hey, isn't it kind of messed up that we have a trophy like commemorating the guy who went on to become a genocidal maniac?" And like, yeah, but he played a really good game of Quidditch one time, so <laughs> no, no, but
1: the reason he's got the trophy is for catching Hagrid for opening the Chamber of Secrets. Oh yeah, that's more bullshit. <laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> anyway
3: okay how about the one secret about tom riddle is like the actual origin story
1: sure yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah, yes. yeah that's a that's a secret you keep hidden I, I, he forget, yeah. I forget how we learned about him in the film because they definitely cut the trophy bit from the film so mm-hmm. like, you don't need it
2: he, in like the
1: film the harry got first. sucked into the diary yeah,
0: yeah
2: that's where we first meet him
0: and then later on he meets the like the Spirit echo of Tom, and he's like, "Look at how good I am at anagrams." (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I
3: love. They had to change his middle name for the French translation for the anagram.
2: Elvis.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh. Tom Elvis Riddle. Yeah, every every different language gives him a
0: different name to make it work. Yeah. Tom Elvis Mm. Riddle. You are named after my two favorite anagrams.
2: (sighs) <sighs> okay Um JD keeps pointing at her next bullet point
1: <laughs> You don't need to tell them that There's a Sorry. reason I'm not saying it out loud
2: <laughs> I'm just letting you know This is why we're suddenly changing subjects slightly
1: Well they
2: no- We've
1: got a list It's fine
2: um, This is actually something that we talked about on Sorted Last time we had uh, you on Tanner Where we talked about um, Fixing Remus' Whole deal and the problem with werewolves in general, <laughs> in general, yeah, because um, oh, yeah. it's bad. And I don't know how much detail we want to go. About. Like we we've talked about this before. Do you want to talk about it again on this show?
0: Uh, the Klystnos version is that J.K. used the uh, lycanthropy as a metaphor for AIDS in a very poorly mm-hmm. thought-out manner. And it fails because A, it treats just homosexuality itself as kind of a disease, and also yeah. the only good werewolf is Remus, and the, the other werewolf we see is a bad man who spreads the, the bad disease to the children. Yeah. yeah, Which was bad then, worse now, with the knowledge we have.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And like I said on Sorted, I'm fine if I'd love to be a gay werewolf, but...
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like so. lycanthropy like should be an inherited trait, not a disease that can be passed on. Yeah, we've, and that's we've the got exact- like three different suggestions yeah. for how we
1: change it. Really,
2: yeah. So first of all, take out all of the sort of like references that are thrown in early on that sort of imply that werewolves are just purely monsters. Yeah, which makes no books. absolutely no sense. Yeah, these are your notes. Yeah. I don't yeah.
1: know. Okay. So we cha- <laughs> like one way to change it would be to like. Re- Just make, lycanthropy sucks to go through. People are afraid of the danger of being around an active werewolf without the inherent disgust or prejudice of the person. Like, they don't want to be around a werewolf when they're transformed, but day to day, they're like, it doesn't make you a bad person because you're a werewolf. They're not some super shunned outsiders, but they still probably keep quiet into themselves for wanting to not be feared. Yeah. The thing is, though, it can't be any level of metaphor if we're still having Fenrir Greyback be a feral outlier. If he's still around, we have to make a point of how... How much of an outlier and out of the ordinary he is, where the average werewolf, like you said, is much more like Lupin. Yeah. He's a lone wolf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another way that it could be fixed uh, is just, like, let's just scrap it for a different um, metaphor entirely. Um, yeah. <laughs> like
0: Remus is a werewolf, but- and he is also gay, and those are unrelated.
3: Yes. And also, Tonks should totally be non- non-binary.
2: Um the one we have yeah like eight that could work Yeah. Um the one <laughs> we have written down is that it's just like getting a period. That's that's all it it's is. It's your
1: time of the month.
2: It, <laughs> it sucks and no one likes no one likes to talk about it.
1: Uh Yeah, it's just awkward and embarrassing. Yeah. And then in that case you just change way <laughs> yeah. back to be a completely different feral creature.
2: Like that's yeah. There there are loads of ways that you could change this into a a different thing altogether. Yeah,
1: it's kind of about just what fits in general. Next up, though, racism (laughs) because there is so much racism baked into these books Mm -hmm. beneath the surface, despite the (laughs) message it preaches about anti-racism. Where like, oh, muggles and mudborn, muggles and muggleborns are perfectly good people and what have you, but goblins not so much, right? Goblins are bad. Mm. Mm. No, mm-hmm. goblins can keep like their culture associated with metalwork, and so on, without being the greedy banker, anti-Semitic caricatures. Like, yeah, you can keep some, like, at least Griphook can still work at the bank, but we see goblins elsewhere doing other things, and we see non-goblins working at Gringotts too, and not just so that they can go to Egypt and steal their treasures.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Also just make the design of goblins less an anti-Semitic stereotype.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And have goblin designs be a bit more like, a bit broader. Like, they don't have to all look quite so similar.
4: Mm-hmm. I
1: saw a suggestion that someone, like, you, you
0: design goblins that they look like just upright walking sphinx cats.
4: <gasps>
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, I'm looking at a picture of a goblin from the 19th century. It is a hairy little person with a cap. Like,
2: Yikes! Yeah, no, like yeah. it is. It is a yeah. like well documented historical uh, parallel. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it is bad, bad.
1: So, <laughs> goblins show up a lot in mm. uh, in Magic the Gathering on different worlds and different designs, mm. and like between different worlds, they can have vastly different designs. In one world, for instance, all goblins are also just monkeys, and they're like hairy. But that's one version of goblins, and they're very different from world to world. Huh. And some do have like the typical, like large-nosed kind mm-hmm. of deal. But that's when they do that. I don't think they're ever really associated with money in the same way, and they also never just do that. So,
2: sure, they're trying.
1: It's it's better at <laughs> yeah. least. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But so, my point from that is just that there are more ways to do goblins than just yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Yeah and I think Rowling's the only one who made goblins like associated with money or Yeah they're they're Yeah, there, there yeah are that's not associations as with greed and all that but like there's a whole bunch of different types there's brownies dwarves mm. uh gnomes imps, kobolds uh there's a slavic type that's more related to like what the house elves are called the Domovoi, but the Domovoi mm. are very different
0: Um <laughs> I think it actually does go back further than Rowling because I think Tolkien had goblins associated with money and they were kind of like Mm. A, a darker counterpart to dwarves, in a sense. And goblins and dwarves mm. actually both have a pretty long history of being associated with negative Jewish stereotypes, especially the, yeah. we live in caves and love money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think the, the, like, so one, the fact that they make weaponry and everything and, like, have such good magical skill with metal is a, a really interesting trait. And the, the way they can have a different concept of ownership I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. It's just when they say, no, we're greedy and we want everything for us. That it,
2: yeah. Sure.
1: Like the aspect where Griphook is able to identify the sword of Gryffindor.
2: Yeah. Great. Yeah. Useful. Cool plot element.
1: And like showing, <laughs> oh, he's a highly skilled individual. He n- understands this very unique magical craft.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but also, goblins aren't the only racist Portrayal in the
2: series? Mm, yes, I mean we also have House Elves, which
1: are bad. <laughs> Honestly, is a lot. Do yes. <laughs> you remember the Ood in Doctor Who? Yes, <laughs> Lindsay, you don't know about the Ood?
2: No.
0: So per, yeah, uh, per picture Cthulhu. It's like <laughs> after
1: their first appearance, Russell C. Davis, the writer, the head writer at the time. Felt really guilty about how he betrayed them and realized, oh, this is kind of messed up. So had a follow up episode where he explained why they would be creatures like this and set them free and like made it about them. And it's like, yes. okay. so if you're having if you're clearly showing they're brainwashed and they're not supposed to be like this, that's one thing. And you're like expressing this is wrong, but that's not how we get them Shown as, shown as being wrong in Harry Potter. Yeah. It could still be that they're portrayed as slaves in the series, but it's recognised and acknowledged that it is inherently fucked up, pure blood bullshit perpetuated by the wealthy. Ron and Hagrid are the worst offenders of just accepting it. Ron, instead, can have a gradual realisation. He's learned this way through his entire life that house elves are just slaves, and never had cause to question it until he meets Harry and Hermione. Hermione opens his eyes and makes him realise over time how bad it is. Hagrid knows it's a problem, but feels relatively helpless, especially as they've been brainwashed to like it. So he still doesn't think that Hermione's plan to force freedom on them will help, but he, wants to, he supports the idea of re-educating them, helping them understand why the way they're treated is so wrong.
2: Yeah. Hermione's, like...
1: The whole stew thing.
2: Yeah, attempt to liberate yeah. the house elves is... Very clumsily handled. <laughs> yeah.
1: So like, in Order of the Phoenix, she yeah. starts knitting them clothes and then leaving them around the common room to trick them into being freed. Which, even if that would be better for them technically, is not what they believe they want. Uh,
2: it's a very complicated...
1: Yeah, but it's written for And the- here I was going to suggest
3: that maybe instead of having hell cells, we just excise them entirely and go with like, these are magical creatures kind of created by the By the castle itself, Mm. yeah. I mean, because it's
0: so magical. I think I think there's a a middle ground we can have there, because there is an English folklore tradition of having like a house fairy Mm -hmm. that serves the family or serves a household.
3: Actually, a lot of cultures have that. Um, One of my favorites is the Domovoy from Slavic mythology, and basically, according to Wikipedia, it's a household god of a given kin. There are defined progenitors, that is to say, the Fountainhead ancestors of the kin. So they are, like, created by Rod, the supreme deity, and they guard the house.
2: They're like a family's guardian angel. Hmm.
3: Yeah. They also, like, take care of the house, and you have to, like, do the proper, you know, respect, pay respect to them, so that they take care of the house, and if you don't do that, they go full poltergeist on you. (laughs)
1: Which, is (laughs) is that what's happened to the Weasleys then? Yeah.
3: You forgot to pay respect to your ancestor. They couldn't pay the This is why the bathrooms <laughs> aren't
1: working. It was just it was just that, that the the house spirit just got annoyed with Fred and George's antics.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see my thought was that you you can have a ver- house fairies of a variety of sorts that appear at Hogwarts. And you can also have one that serves the Weasley household, and maybe the issue is that, like, the one that serves the Weasley household, she serves the Weasleys, and she's a friend of the family, and Ron's like, oh, yeah, this is Gwyneth or whoever, and she's just like the house man, she loves doing it. And she's fine, because she likes the Weasleys, but you get into Hogwarts, and that's when it is much more of a, like, maybe not a, maybe not a slavery situation, but a very capitalistist thing, a capitalistic thing, where they're kind of being forced to work for all of these people, and... That's more of a situation where they don't. They would rather be working for their their individual families, but they've kind of been su- suckered into Hogwarts and kept yeah. there against their will.
1: Like I mm-hmm. think the the point is either way. If you like, you show them as being not happy with like you show that the treatment of them is not an accepted thing. Society at large doesn't just say this is fine. It's not just that one character is like. Uh, no, why can't anyone else see how wrong this is Everyone who we're supposed to like And support sees how wrong it is But it's being held up by a broken system
4: mm. mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Alright Next next <laughs> point of order <laughs> We're gonna make it gay
1: So <laughs> much gay Yes
2: <laughs> Um. Specifically I, I mean like Dumbledore is, is going to be explicitly Yep a, a gay character yep. And then
1: Like I mentioned before Harry is bi He's clearly got crushes On like Cedric And Oh who else am I thinking of
2: Oh there's another one. There...
1: Oh well Malfoy He clearly Oh yeah like, And he like He almost like <laughs> Kind of hates himself Realising Oh shit I fancy him Don't I Oh but that's gross But he's so fit uh, He's oh. the worst But he's so cute
4: Ugh <laughs>
1: Like
2: Maybe we read too much fan fiction well,
1: maybe, But I'm more thinking that like J.K. Rowling just never really knew Like how the average Straight guy, straight boy or straight man Thinks about other men Or other boys Like she clearly <laughs> thinks that we, like, straight men people Just walk around going, oh that person's really cute And it's like, no that's what you think Because you're a straight woman
2: This is fascinating to me You are like the straightest person I know <laughs> Like this, no, Chris. Okay, that's fair. You're almost the straightest person I know. Um, My best friend
1: is way straighter than me.
2: And like this is like not a thought that it ever occurred to me that yeah. like you don't just casually think that other people are pretty. <laughs> if
1: not really. they're not
2: like I'm just like, yeah, everyone's yeah, cute.
1: Like I wouldn't necessarily look at someone and go, like, oh that's an ugly person, but that's an attractive person, but like I I Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry's by Hermione we show as being black, and many other side characters are queer, people of color, non-Christian religious characters as well. Yeah. And we take time in those side mm-hmm. stories to see what that means to them in the magical world.
2: Yeah, like what that looks like. Cause we don't get any of that. Mm. Show me the diversity. <laughs> um, and then obviously, like, we're we're gonna need some trans characters yeah. in here. <laughs> um <laughs> Don't know who specifically. I don't know if we want to like rewrite an existing character or if we need to put a new character into the world. Probably um,
1: both. I think
2: both. We, both. We'll yeah. do both. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because yeah, like we, in in this magical world, that literally includes like transfiguration magic. Uh,
1: what does it mean to be trans? Yeah.
2: Like, like can we, can we talk trans? about this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like it's a very interesting like, subject, especially in the in like the concept of magic. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about this. Let's explore yeah. this. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I once I once read a really good fanfic, um, and it was a Glee Harry Potter crossover, but it had the character unique from Glee, yes, who good. she uh, she is trans in the in universe, and the actor is uh, non-binary, gender non-conforming. Um, but in nice. the fanfic, she is like sorted into Gryffindor, and ev- like. No one's sure what's gonna happen because, of, like the 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 shoot the the shoot stairs that reject anyone of the wrong right, yeah. gender mm-hmm. from the dorms, and yeah. and like so they're like, oh no, if Unique tries to go to the girls' dorm, she's gonna get sent down by their shoot, and then no, it just lets her up, and because yeah, she, she's a girl.
1: No shit. Yeah. Although sorry, the castle knows. To be clear, it only lets you go, only a set says shoot you down if you're wrong gender. If you're a boy and try to go to the girls' dorm, <laughs> that was Obviously. weird. Yeah, it's sexy you know, bullshit.
2: in light of more current events <laughs> regarding the author, are we
4: surprised?
1: I mean, no!
2: Are we surprised?
1: Uh, yeah, that, yeah, hindsight. But you can have a really cute scene where a trans character, like, you have a kid who realizes they're trans at, while they're at Hogwarts, and then the stairs accept them. Yeah. And, like, that's a, like, a sign of showing that, like, this is this is who you are, it's not just, yeah.
2: Yeah, like, that, that's what I mean, like, there's, there's so much to be explored there, and... It's such a good concept.
0: <laughs> I've also I've definitely seen a, a Tumblr post that suggests that the room of requirement turns into uh, a,
1: a non-gendered bathroom if when the non-binary kid needs it. I also saw a recent Tumblr post point saying that like, it was taking the idea of like no man of woman born can slay me or whatever, and it's a. Um... A tr- like a trans man tries to stab this character and fails to do so, and they're like, "Well, it's nice to be reaffirmed of my gender, but it's a really inconvenient time."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that a good chunk of the climaxes in Lord of the Rings series were because Tolkien didn't like Macbeth. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> he was very disappointed by that one scene.
1: Yes, yes, I've heard that, and like the same thing with the um, having tree folk because the trees yeah. marching on Dunstan. Yeah, he, he expected saw... it to be the trees coming to life
3: yeah yeah though so akira kurosawa did make a good go of that scene in his version Thorn of blood
1: yeah so <laughs> that's that's hopefully like at least a start on addressing the issues with many like diversity and many like racism sexism etc next up i want to talk about the ron problem many people pretty much hate <laughs> the <Ronblum> ron. <laughs> ron blum ron
2: ron blum
4: yeah,
1: many people pretty much hate Ron. And like he's more or less okay at first in the book book 1 and maybe 2, but he devolves rapidly into basically a shit. He's constantly being a a, a freaking dick to his friends. He contributes very little to the group. Early on he has wizard street smarts. He understands the world, but as Harry, Hermione and the readers spend more time there, that role quickly becomes redundant. Also, he's good at chess which comes up the one time
4: yeah,
2: let's make that more useful. He should be like the strategist to some degree. He should be a
1: nerd. Ron's a nerd. Yeah. Well, I really yeah. like the idea of ch- making him the emotional heart of the team. Hermione, she's got the book smarts and the broader knowledge, but now Ron will be the member of the group who understands how others think and how they feel. There's the whole spiel that Hermione gives about how Cho's feeling when after Harry kissed her. Now Ron does it, and Hermione's the one with the emotional range of a teaspoon. Hermione is <laughs> bad at yes. people. She gets better over time, but not that much better. Like she's got other skills.
2: Yeah. Which also makes sense because like Ron mm. it comes from a family with so many siblings. You mm. would have to get good at like understanding how other people think and how they're working and like reading people's faces, especially living with the twins in particular. Like you gotta Percy? get yeah, you gotta get good at like being around other people. So it would make sense that he would have that skill. Um And then also by getting his perspective more, you see, you can see like more of how his side of the arguments makes sense because a lot of times in the books, we just get Harry's point of view. And like, if you're thinking about it, like, oh, it does make a lot of sense that Ron is jealous of Harry being in the spotlight when like all he's ever wanted his whole life is to stand out from his, his siblings and stuff. Like it, a lot of the reasons he gets upset about things make sense. But because we are seeing the, the, the story through Harry's eyes, we don't, Get a lot of that yeah. explanation um, And like there's It's so like it f- Fix this <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: His, yeah. The fallout he has with Hermione In Prisoner of Azkaban is way toned down Like they have an argument At, at one point And the movie actually tones it down fairly well There is a little friction but they're always friends And Ron tries to help Hermione to understand Why he's upset rather than just Treating her like shit In Philosopher's Stone he starts out The same as he does in the in the book and the film But when he realises how much he upsets Hermione at Halloween, he's, like, distraught. He's been thinking of her as some unfeeling other person. And it's this incident that motivates Ron to try and be better about understanding other people. And understand better how they feel. He's the one who points out to Harry that Hermione won't know about the troll and wants to go and help her.
2: Yeah. And then, like I said, like in Goblet of Fire, we see how upset he is, like... Uh, when he's having an argument with Harry And like he never meant to Like Disrupt their friendship
1: Yeah because they're not friends for weeks I think It's unclear exactly yeah. how it goes Yeah to.
2: it's like a really long argument
1: Yeah Around the time of the Yule Ball Ron is jealous of Hermione going with someone else But he doesn't hold it against her He recognizes that, that it's his own problem Also he and Harry go together <laughs>
2: Yeah, Ron and yes. Harry don't have dates, so they go together, and yeah. it's cool, and it's fine. Um And, like, Half-Blood Prince, it just, it just, no. Just no. <laughs> um, like, he can date Lavender, and Hermione can get jealous, um, but they should remain, like, friends through all of that. Like, it... it I feel like Ron should have tried to initiate something with Hermione, but because she's kind of socially clueless, she doesn't really realize what's happening. And so Ron decides to try his luck with someone else and, you know, sort of realizes that he has more of a connection with Hermione in the end. But like, that whole
1: <laughs> <laughs> it becomes like at times uh, it's going to become kind of rom comy Yes, like, there was a trailer, a fan edited trailer of, Half of the Prince that made it look like a rom com by changing like some of the music and how some of the scenes played together. And sometimes it's like that; it's light hearted and fun.
2: Yeah, and that's like if we were going to reboot the series, like that's what I think we would want out of it. We want it to be fun. We want it to be whimsical and magical, yeah. and we want it to be character driven.
1: There's so much darkness.
2: Yeah, it really bothers me, like, watching the later movies. The colour
1: palette alone! It
2: makes so much sense, like, how it devolves into this very dark and grim sort of setting, but... There have
1: to be moments of levity and light.
2: It's so, it's so miserable yeah. to watch.
1: With the books, half Prince is kind of a calm before the storm, where things are mostly a lot lighter and a lot more cheerful. Yeah. The film will completely undo that and make it one of the most depressing, miserable times.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to blade. Uh, David Yates on a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. It's
2: entirely his fault.
1: Yeah.
3: Just saying he's not that good of a director.
1: <laughs> no. no. Like I liked I liked Order of the Phoenix. I thought that was good. And that actually injected more like lightheartedness to it. Like the Dumbledore's army stuff is all portrayed as being such a beacon of hope through it all. Yeah. And i really enjoyed that. That
2: one's alright. They should have kept up with the like different director for every movie. Probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like Chris yeah. Columbus was fine on the two he did, yeah. But
2: Alfonso Cuarón uh, did a great job, personally, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot Alfonso was behind this, <laughs> Mister Gravity Man. <laughs> yeah,
2: the third one, the yeah. best one,
1: <laughs> the the most stylistic and like it's, visually creative one. That's yeah.
2: what I love about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mentioning Hermione as um, like being less emotionally open and understanding, she is openly autistic now. She's kind of like Billy in the Power Rangers reboot movie. Yes, good. She doesn't have that same emotional depth yeah. that he starts with. She develops more of it over time. How many notes do you have left? Because we're an hour in. <laughs> uh, we can speed up. <laughs> we're yeah. nearly there. Okay.
2: Uh, well, yeah, we won't alter Harry's, like, personality very much, but more snarky, sort of- He's he's sassy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> emphasize that he is he's funny and he is a big dork. Um... And, yeah, isn't just...
1: He's much more expressive as as an affectionate friend. He hugs people, like, all the time. He thanks them. He reaffirms friendships because he's laxed that for most of his life. Yeah.
2: Like, he'd be awkward at first, like, when he first arrives at Hogwarts and is like, I don't know how to have a friend or whatever. But by the end of the series, he should be, like, the most affectionate, loving dude.
1: (laughs) Just to split through the last few points we've got. Ages are problematic at best. Remus and Tonks, no. Bill and Fleur, no. Maybe you can switch Bill and Charlie, but even then that's kind of too much. Hermione and Crumb, no. He's already like 18 and she's 15. And 10 years later, that would be a big deal. But at that age, it is.
3: Like especially with the whole younger female, older male
2: yes. pairing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Which
1: is like all of all them. All of them. Apart from Harry and Cho, mm-hmm. but that's only a one year age difference anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so Hermione doesn't go to the Yule Ball with Crumb. Instead, she's going to go to the Yule Ball with Neville, who did ask her. Um, and Ron doesn't get that excuse that he'll feel bad about it because yeah. crumb or whatever he just realizes that Hermione is like he's into her
1: we alluded to the problem with Harry being wealthy so take that away he has a modest inheritance enough that he can get through Hogwarts and pay for school equipment but never so that he has to like feel guilty about the fact that he doesn't share with the Weasleys he still gives his prize money to the twins but he doesn't have to feel guilty just because he feels guilty about having that prize money not about being wealthy in general
4: we talked yes. about both of those yeah, yeah.
1: And uh my last point <laughs> My last point is just say, just like when I came on to reboot Miraculous, have characters say sorry. Yes. Like maybe this is just a problem in media in general It and is I hate yes. but I just <laughs> I want characters to apologize to each other when they've wronged each other. Like Ah uh, Why is that so hard? Uh,
2: it's just Admit you made a mistake and yeah. apologize for it.
1: And that's how we want to reboot Harry Potter.
2: Yeah. Can you tell that we're like massive nerds for this shit? Yeah,
1: but also we're so upset. We
2: We care so much about this franchise and this series mm-hmm. that like all of the problems with it yeah. are so excruciating. Yeah.
1: Like we when we were watching Jurassic Park, the uh channel it was on was being sponsored by the like the Harry Potter studio tour, and we just sat there thinking, We've been there like five times, but it sucks to know that we're never gonna go there again. I know.
2: We have really nice memories there, Mm -hmm. but now it's ruined forever.
1: Yeah. (sighs) All right.
0: Uh, Yeah. Any last minute things before we start to wrap up? That's it.
2: Thank you for your patience while we ranted (laughs) uh, for an hour at you.
0: (laughs) This was (laughs) such an easy podcast to do because I'm just sitting here going, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, Lindsay, do you have any final points?
3: Uh, no, because we'll probably be here for another
0: two hours. That's true. Uh, we'll be waiting with (laughs) bated breath for your, um, AU where (laughs) Harry Potter never got launched. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In that case, we're going to sort ourselves into a friendship promo. Hey everybody, Future Tanner here in lieu of an actual friendship promo because, uh, I should give you guys an update on what's happening on this podcast. Uh, basically, this episode was recorded, like, almost a month ago, and a lot of stuff has gone down since then. Um, several factors have coalesced, which meant that we had to take a week off last week, and we'll also be taking a week off next week. So the next episode of Not A Beat You First should be due out on April 11th, and then after that we should be in back into our normal release schedule. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah. So there's been some situations that came up that just prevented us recording for a few weeks, but we're still here. We're still making episodes as best we can. Uh, the second thing is that since the this episode was recorded, there's been a lot of stuff that went down in the world naturally, and so in addition to whatever uh, current events blasts that we talk about in the episode proper, I also want to spotlight the importance of protecting Asians, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, everyone in that diaspora who is being. Ruthlessly and unfairly targeted by, well, the white majority, and politics in general. Uh, So if you're able to, we are asking that you donate to the Butterfly uh, charity, which is focused in Toronto, and the, oh gosh, where'd the other one go? Swan, which is focused out of Vancouver, and Red Canary Song, which is a charity that is mostly america Uh, focuses mostly on america but also has some other international stuff and they're all charities that focus on helping and uplifting asian americans both in representation immigration helping sex workers all that kind of stuff and also just generally if you're you have friends you have asian friends and they're worried or they're worried about their parents like do your best to help them and protect them and whatever they ask of you be there for them Um, that being said, let's get back to the last little bit of this episode, and y'all have a great day. And we're back. And I've been sorted into Slykum Puff.
1: I've been slaughtered into a, what are they, Thunderbird, at the American school. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah,
4: we didn't
2: even, yeah, we didn't even <laughs> touch on that. That's a whole, that's, no, that's a whole other episode. The
1: one singular oh. American wizarding school.
2: I don't want to talk <laughs> oh. about
3: it. That's also supposed to serve Canada, too, even <laughs> though Woof. we have two official Woof. sandwiches.
2: I don't want I don't want to talk oh, about it. <laughs> it doesn't not. exist.
0: No. It's not Didn't real. Happen. Not. It's You're, not real r-
2: and it can't hurt me.
0: <laughs> You're wrong. A writer made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of you ever see that comic where Hogwarts made a fifth house to serve all of the, um, the quote-unquote Mary Sue OCs? <laughs> Isn't that just Gryffindor? <laughs> no, it was called, like, so Sparkly Poo, and everyone had violet eyes and hair that changed color, <laughs> and they were they were all simultaneously muggle-born, but also Harry's long-lost sister.
1: Personally, I'm a fan of the fifth house awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um
3: Um, i'm just gonna skip the house sorting and go straight over to uh camp half-blood yeah whatever nice (laughs) nice whatever thing i haven't read percy jackson i never read those books yeah (laughs) i was too old for percy jackson honestly
0: i've been sorted into homestuck
1: i'm a major breath anyways I've been sorted into one of the magic tracks from the Owl House. Okay. Alex and JD,
0: where can the two of you as a hive mind be found on the internet?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, we have two podcasts now. Uh, If you like us talking about Harry Potter, you might be interested in Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast, in which we Sort characters from various pop culture media into Hogwarts houses and then also talk about how we want to fix Harry Potter. Mm. Which, you know, we also did here.
1: Some of the, some of the points we brought up today were, have been on that previously and will be in future.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: we also have a new podcast we've just launched called PokeMakers where we're making an entire Pokemon game from scratch. We're building our own region, cool. our own Pokemon designs, gym leaders, the works. And it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. You can find sorted at sorted pod on Twitter.
1: And you can find Pokemakers at Pokemakers.
2: Yeah. Or you can find us individually.
1: I'm at codename J D.
2: And I'm at Pichu, P T C H E W.
1: <laughs> we have a practiced yeah. spiel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Lindsay, how about yourself?
3: Um, I can be found on Twitter at Lindsay M476. That's Lindsay Spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for notify But You First and they're pronounced Levy-O-Saw, not Levy-O-Saw. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I, I was thinking about the joke for that and that's so much better than the version I was thinking <laughs> of. <laughs>
3: You can also email us at notify reboot you first at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite ways to piss off JK Rowling. That's I'm where just existing you can send baby. Us- <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way we'll Put in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised.
0: Uh, We have a Patreon that we're not really promoting at the moment because times are tough for everybody and there's a lot of more important things to give money to other than a random-ass podcast. Uh, This week, I specifically just want to say, hey, donate to trans charities and also keep an eye on your representatives for trying to sneak trans uh, har- a legislator that is harmful to trans people into various bills that aren't even related to it. Like they were trying yeah. to ban trans people from sports in the American Relief Bill. Yeah. Ugh. What? Yep.
1: Alabama is now like a- made it actually a criminal offense for any medication. I think I was so- oh I forget the exact.
0: They, they made know. it illegal for underage trans people to have hormones. Just trans people. If you're cis yeah. and you need hormones for a non-translated thing, they'll give it to you, but if it's yeah. just- Those for same hormone face therapy illegal.
4: Yeah. And
2: that pu- phrase, you're a, you're not allowed to have hormones.
1: Yeah. In- including-
2: <laughs> Bad
4: news, including I have them.
1: Entirely reversible puberty blockers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yikes.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah! It fucking sucks. Put put your support trans people in any way that you can. It's International Women's It's International Women's Month this month. Give a trans woman $5 if you can.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um that being said, the, we have some people who are able to do all that and still support us financially through the patrons who are we are going to give them a shout out. We want to thank Theo, Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy and Charlie. Thank you all. Um and if you want to support us in a non-money way, Then you can give us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on the podcatcher of choice, let me know, and I will cast a spell that puts us in there.
3: Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome (laughs) shit. All that that awesome awesome awesome
4: shit!
0: (laughs) Sure. About the other awesome shows to share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. Uh, we have also have a Corner Podcast Network Discord uh, that can be found uh, through a Discord link that is uh, usually put in the episode description and somewhere on our Twitters. If you can't track that down or it's not working for you, just message me or our friend Christina on Twitter or on the Discord and we'll just pop you in there. Um, last but not least, our cover art as always is by AlexicApachu. Hey, that's you!
4: That's me! <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's good at it.
2: How do I become a professional podcast artist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, our th no, you're back. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Click. That's not you. Um, but you can contact Sh- uh, you can you can contact us to find out how to contact Sean if you're doing music of his own for your own.
4: <laughs>
0: Alex and JD, thank you
1: for being here today. Thank you so much thank for having you us. For it's having been us. a lot of fun. <laughs> it's
2: been delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was very fun. Very good. I'll admit, I was worried having, doing a Harry Potter episode, uh, partially I because I, I am just kind of exhausted on all things Harry Potter. And also because Absolutely. I was worried that we would put this out like a day after J.K. Rowling did another stupid, horrible thing.
4: <laughs> hey, that's
0: that that's could fair. still happen. We discussed this earlier, and we'd like it. She's kind of like a natural disaster. Like, she's there's always a risk <laughs> of her hurting people, so we might as well just put her out her roast at any point.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: no, we are. Um. Always here yes. to. <laughs> we are explicitly
1: anti. She who must not be named.
0: I'll name her as much as I want. I don't fucking care. A... She's not going to find this podcast, and if she does, it's not like she can cancel us. J-
1: Absolutely. J.K. Fear... Rowling,
2: if you're listening to this podcast, fuck you. Fuck fear, you.
1: Of... <laughs> fear of a name only increases fuck fear you. of a thing itself. However. I just don't want to say her name. <laughs> like, it's not so much fear as just revulsion.
2: We personally blip it out of our show yeah. as a term of uh, profanity. Yeah, The fucks can stay, oh, but yeah. <laughs> she's not allowed.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Tanner. Do you want a hint for next week? Yes, I do. Uh, well, it's telly time. Passions is on. Timmy's down a bloody well, and if you make me miss it... <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Just Okay. <laughs> this means nothing to me
0: It's a people's choice episode next week, but not if we're about you first.
3: Tanner please stop. He's <laughs> <laughs> like y- leaning
2: or... further and further away from the laptop.
1: <laughs> oh I'll see you next time,
4: eh? <laughs> <laughs> Pitter <laughs> patter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whew. Bye, everybody.